This is Environmental Daily, bringing you coral fluorescence, a hope for coral preservation, an awareness segment about new conservation techniques during the nation's first ever Coral Bleaching Awareness Month, November of 2023. Over 50% of our coral reefs have been lost in the last two decades. 75% of the reefs are currently threatened, and that number is anticipated to climb to 90% by 2030. With the chronic loss of coral worldwide, especially due to catastrophic mass bleaching events, it's imperative that non-invasive, proactive health detection methods for our reefs are constantly being researched. With coral loss and ocean temperatures at an all-time high in many regions around the world, scientists are turning to a newly discovered phenomenon of coral fluorescence as a means of detecting sick corals. Corals are giving off a dramatic increase in fluorescence due to the decrease in dinoflagellate cover inside their coral tissues as a means of photoacclimation. A researcher, Rachel Nauer, described this final fluorescence as a supernova before a star's final collapse. The corals send out a steady stream of intense glow just before their inevitable demise. By finding non-invasive ways to detect coral health, We would not have to place additional stress on already diseased coral and may have a longer period of time to act proactively before mass bleaching events take place. Coral reefs are some of the world's most diverse and important ecosystems with over a quarter of the marine life in the ocean calling reefs their home at some point. It is said that coral reefs are the rainforest of the ocean, only taking up about 0.2% of the seafloor, yet they're home to over 25% of ocean species. Here we have an experienced diver, Madison Pratt, who spent five weeks working with diseased coral this past summer in 2023. There has been a significant loss in coral just over the past 30 years, as I'm sure you know. What has been your experience with coral loss and what are you seeing during these hours you've spent diving on these reefs? This past summer, it was a little heartbreaking because I was there for five weeks, so I was able to see corals that were either near death or starting to get sick and I got to witness that disease progress within the five weeks of me being there or corals that were healthy when we got there and then ones that they were just sick by the time I left and it was it's really sad and then just hearing Professor Thurman talk about his experiences and just watching the decline is it's heartbreaking. Do you think that it's affecting the fish life in the area as well like what are the additional effects other than the importance that the reefs are diving themselves? There was a huge decline in just overall numbers of fish. I went to Honduras last summer and dove, and there was, I feel like, a little bit more fish on the reef, and there's no sharks at all on the reef. And the signs of a healthy reef are having sharks because you have to have the big fish to feed the sharks. So there were no sharks. I think we saw maybe one nurse shark in the five weeks we were down there, and I think of a nurse shark as a glorified catfish anyway. It's going downhill. So we've talked about the fluorescence that you saw down there and that other divers are experiencing elsewhere around the world. Can you just describe this fluorescence that you saw while you were down there? It really caught me and my dive partner off guard because we were just looking at one of our regular dive spots and then we got to a certain part and then we just saw this bright blue color and we're like, that's not supposed to be there. Like that's a boulder coral that it should not be, it should not be blue. So we go up to it and we investigate it. Like we, we touch it and it's still slimy underneath it. So it's still alive underneath there. So it was just really interesting to see because it was at a higher point and the water was warm when we were down there. So we think that's the start of it. You mentioned the water being warm. What degrees were you guys seeing while you were down there? 86 is 
Um, some days the waters were 87, 88 was the high. Joining us today is citizen and aspiring environmental scientist, Tylus Jackson, who speaks more on how everyday citizens like himself can make a difference. So we've talked a little bit already about the significance of coral reefs, but how would you personally describe the significance? Why are they so important? I'd say they're important because the amount of like diversity in life that they bring, the uh, protection to shorelines that they bring, I believe that they uh, help stop like natural disasters, hurricanes, tsunamis, uh, they just provide like an abundance of life like they also help in certain places like Hawaii and other third world countries help like bring in their revenue stuff like that um, so you're familiar with Zachary Rago's production um, Chasing Coral how did seeing these shocking before and after videos of one of our seven greatest wonders in the world the Great Barrier Reef make you feel at first like I felt really like good for seeing it because the reefs looked very beautiful it was very cool to like see that and like experience that but as the documentary goes on it definitely gets really sad it almost feels like you can hear like the earth screaming out that it needs help and you can see like the coral slowly disappearing all the fish slowly disappearing like the coral bleaching and all of that like it's really heartbreaking and really sad to see that all happening and it all is happening so quickly. At the end, whenever we previously talked, you talked about a deep sadness you felt, but about how you did, you did see a light at the end of the tunnel. You did believe there was hope. Can you speak a bit about that? I believe that there's most definitely hope. I think there's just a lack of awareness. I think just like media coverage over, I think more people just need to know, especially people that don't live on the coast, that like live here in Missouri. I think they just need to be like shown what they can actually do to help and try and like fix this crisis that's going on. So what can people, especially people here in Missouri, actually do to positively impact our reefs? I believe just becoming aware on the situation and like showing light on it. Uh, definitely better like media coverage, spreading the word, making sure that everyone understands about it and trying to support like your either small or big organizations that go out there and they're trying to do stuff about the reef or like just help people who are like uh, trying to like learn about this and go out and fix it. And I think probably voting on environmental policies, actually being aware of what's going on and like just getting into the voting process and trying to make it to where we can fix these things. I don't know if you know much about the coral fluorescence going on right now, um, but the current most common theory is that corals are putting off this fluorescence as they're becoming stressed. And that's whenever zooxanthella begins to be expelled, which is the coral bleaching that we're experiencing in these documentaries like Zachary's. This expulsion leaves the corals bare because there's no organisms to block the fluorescence from emitting. So usually these corals always have this fluorescence, but it's not as bright. And whenever the zooxanthella leaves, there's nothing to block this. So the coral's readmitting the light that it's absorbing as some sort of sunscreen. And scientists now believe that they can use this detection of coral fluorescence as a means to know a sick versus healthy reef to be able to treat it. How do you personally feel about using coral fluorescence detection as a method for early preservation of our reefs? I think it's a really good idea because it's very easy to tell when like the coral has become like so stressed out to where like those very bright colors like flash out. It's almost like cry for help or like it's just trying to get your attention to let you know like hey we're here we need help 
So I definitely think that is something that people should look for because I believe in the documentary it did show like the coral fluorescence like happening and then over the weeks that he was there you could just see the coral like slowly start diminishing. So I definitely think that that is something we need to like look out for. Do you think it would give reef managers time to actually act proactively? Yeah, I think it would give them time to be able to see that like a certain location is getting on like the cuffs of dying and then they'd be able to try to help it. But they would have like an earlier detection so they would know how to get to it before it's already too late. As ocean temperatures continue to rise due to climate change, we will continue to see coral reefs struggle and even possibly die off completely. Ultimately, losing any ecosystem is horrifying, but this is especially true about our reefs. By using coral fluorescence as a detection method, this would allow reef managers to focus on the most sensitive corals while looking for rapid drops in fluorescence as an early sign of stress. This method gives reef managers about a week-long window to take action before complete bleaching is achieved, possibly avoiding a bleaching event altogether. Coral fluorescence detections may be the light at the end of the tunnel for coral preservation, and it's time to implement this technique in reef management all around the world before it's too late. I'm Jaden Pierce, and thank you for joining us tonight for Coral Fluorescence, a hope for coral preservation on Environmental Daily.